again, we are all here, uh, appropriate to my message today, appropriate for this particular moment. Uh, in, in true Lutheran fashion, I, I suppose, I wasn't brought up as a Lutheran, but I was brought up in Lutheran country of South Dakota. Uh, I'm going to start with a couple disclaimers, I guess. Uh, I'm going to talk about, a bit about our North Campus development. Uh, I started here in 2000, and I was very involved with that process, uh, of course, in my role, and uh, uh, had personal struggles sort of associated with that, and I'm going to talk about that, and I, I just want to say as my disclaimer that uh, that process and that product at the end in no way was me alone, but I'm going to talk a lot about myself, so yeah, just a little disclaimer. So. Just a little history, I'm not going to read through that whole thing. I started here in 2000. For those of you that were here, you'll remember it was a different kind of place here at Cal Lutheran, uh, particularly when it came to big initiatives, such as the development of our North Campus. Um, that particular type of development, I will tell you, had never been done at Cal Lutheran. When the South Campus development was done, it was assumed it would be a temporary setup and that the entire campus would be moved to North Campus. And so a different set of dynamics. This was the first time the university had said, we're going to have this land and we're going to have this land for our facilities forever. And my goodness, you administration had better do it right. So as, as a product of that, there was a fair amount of hand wringing, I would say, among all of our leadership and our board on whether the people installed to do such a thing. I started in 2000, these conversations were in 2002, were sort of appropriate for the task. Not anything against me personally, but just this uncertainty and this look ahead to the future. And there's numerous proposals that were floated on. There's a, uh, one uh, where an individual would be brought in as a North Campus czar, for lack of, and that was the term. Others where, uh, where uh, we were to bring in a development company that was a professional, uh, use of a, uh, a high stakes kind of development attorney here in Thousand Oaks. And uh, Bob Allison, the CFO at the time, said, no, uh, we can do this. Uh, we being our development staff, myself, Valerie Crooks, the different people that were here then. And, kind of won the day and all that, but there was still a fair amount of skepticism and scrutiny going forward, of course, about such a thing. Um, just, a, just, a, just a little tidbit, the Sports and Fitness Center itself, $20 million, twice as large as anything we'd done before. The acreage, again, nothing we'd ever done before. So you can understand the scrutiny and the nervousness. So I want to go back to that statement. I said, we are here. Essentially, in my opinion, Bob Allison said, no, we are here. We are here to do this. So we received that approval. We started going forward, um, had everything set up. Uh, an individual named Bob Samuelson, who that name may feel, sound familiar as you sit right here in Samuelson Chapel. Um, he was the chair of the construction committee at the time. He was my main point of contact. And he says to me, uh, once all of these things are resolved, we are going to run this. He says to me, okay, great. What day shall I be at construction breakfast in the construction meeting? And I said, what? 
And he said, yes, the construction committee, which was him and Ron Polson at the time of Ron Polson Tennis Courts, said there were going to be, and they'd already talked to the president, they were going to be at these meetings. Now I think, great, we already have the pressure of getting these things done. We already have the scrutiny, and now I've got these two guys that are going to be at every meeting, and, are, and I've got to go to breakfast with them once a week. <laughs> so as those things happen, <sighs> and they happen in the shower, right? And I remember very distinctly the day <sighs> before that very first meeting that was going to be a multi-year process, and I prayed, give me strength to carry on. That was my prayer. All right. Whoops. So that's where these guys come in. So this is the very last breakfast, actually. Whoops. And that's Bob Samuelson to the left. That is Ron Polson next to him. And that is the uh, superintendent for the North Campus, uh, uh, or for uh, Sports and Fitness Center next to him. And of course me. You will also see there's no healthy food on that table, by the way. So uh, this is the first breakfast, and I'm going to talk about Bob first. Uh, Bob Samuelson was a fixture on this campus. He uh, actually operated a crane, uh, owning a construction company that put up our initial buildings on campus, if you can imagine. After that project, he stayed on as a regent for 40 years, I want to say. I might even be off, maybe even 50 years. Uh, and Bob, again, was the one that said, we are having breakfast. Um, so the first thing I do is I set up this, this construction meeting, of course, and I deal with the different players, and it comes out that Tuesday mornings is the day. So I've fulfilled objective number one, and I call Bob Samuelson, and I said, okay, great. Meetings will be Tuesday mornings. We'll start at eggs and things at 6.30. Bob says, that is when my church men's club meets, and we've met then for 40 years. Oh, great. Uh, already. Uh, I'm off course. Uh, and I said, Bob, you know, uh, it's the only date I could get, the only day of the week I could get. And Bob says, uh, well, let me call you back. Uh, and I will tell you, within a half an hour, he had called his other membership in that. He had rescheduled that date with his men's group that had gone back 40 years or something like that. And he says, I will be here for you. Um, as I got to know Bob, um, the, uh, that commitment came through continually. I soon realized it was very common for Bob to be in our construction meeting in the morning and then to go to a Dodger game with uh, President Luther Lutke at the time that night. Very common for him to even come to our meeting, go to a different meeting later on in the day, and then come to an evening function at Cal Lutheran. His commitment to the university and his presence and his being here was very important, uh, very important to me and very apparent. Um, now I'm going to move on to a discussion of Bob Powell next. He was the superintendent. And I'll, I'll tell you, uh, the story is a little, a little emotional for me. Um, so uh, uh, Bob was a great man. And we started this project, and uh, he, uh, uh, right away, I liked him immediately. And I said to him, 
Um, you know, oh, I can't wait till this is done. That was my statement. And he said, Ryan, what are you talking about? Can't wait till this is done. He said, Ryan, this is going to be a great process. We are going to be here, and we're going to build this building, and it's going to be tremendous. Why do you want to look forward to the end? I said, well, that's a great point, you know. So later on, it really resonated with me. Uh, so later on, uh, Bob diagnosed with cancer, and I have to tell you, and very serious cancer. And later on, after all these projects were over, uh, he and I arranged a meeting um, and just to sort of wrap everything up. And I almost canceled that meeting. And I had a sense, like I had to go. And I went and I met with Bob and that was the last time I ever saw him. So uh, the message from him was, take advantage of those opportunities Focus on this moment. Okay, and then next up, a little lighter, Ron Polson. I don't know how many pe people here had an opportunity to meet Ron Polson throughout their days here. Ron Polson was a very successful businessman. He ran a local construction company that did Macy's, very large projects. But the most outstanding thing about Ron was he could always bring a sense of levity to any conversation. I remember one particular conversation where we were talking about uh, uh, some, uh, you know, I want to say it was a $200,000 dispute between ourselves and the contractor. And we're going back and forth. And of course, egos are starting to enter into this discussion. Um, you know, well, you shouldn't have signed the contract if you knew about that. I don't know if you've been to any construction meetings, but occasionally they can get tense. So we're going through all this whole, this whole thing. And Ron Polson says, just a minute here, I have one question. And he goes, where are we going to lunch after all this? And I said, wow. And I will tell you, that particular moment diffused that situation and made us focus on getting a resolution and kind of move on from there. So, so let me uh, contrast all that to the Paul and Silas. You know, the jailer says, says, you know, the, the prisoners are gone. Uh, at that time, I know from some other reading that uh, the penalty as a jailer, if your prisoners escaped, was a painful execution. So in the Bible verse, he's pulling out a sword to kill himself. That's because, it's not because he's ashamed or anything like that. It's because he's, he knows he's due for a very painful execution, and he just wants to get it over with. And again, Paul and Silas's words to him are, we are here, no need to worry. And not only Paul and Silas, but all of the other prisoners were there. And then I think about that in myself, and I think, wow, okay, let's think about this. My prayer, give me strength, because I need to fix this. I personally need to fix this, or, or make this right. But the reality is, sometimes, I am the jailer, you know. I am not Paul and Silas out doing the ministry. I am the one that's depending on Paul and Silas. And in that particular time, for, for the jailer, of course, uh, Paul and Silas were here for him. So anyway, so we got through all that. You, you, you know, you're aware of 
I'm sure many of you have used these facilities without thinking twice about it. Uh, of course, the process went very well. We finished, uh, uh, we finished uh, I will say, very, very uh, on budget, very close to the schedule. Very proud of that uh, as an accomplishment. But I, I clearly could not have done this alone. And the people that I thought were there to scrutinize my actions and be critical became the ones that supported me and the people that I needed. So I conclude with that.